It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. Welcome back to Dramatic Listening. This is episode 70. You're better off guilty is the play we're looking at today. And this is the third time we're into this story. So we're in Act 1, Scene 2 and 3. And I'm calling this one A Growing Suspicion. Dramatic listening radio plays are serialized. What I mean is, I take a radio play and I cut it up into several parts. And then we only cover one part in each episode of Dramatic Listening. So if this is your first time listening to this story, You're Better Off Guilty, then you should go back to episode DL068. That's episode 68 and start at the beginning of the story. You'll remember in our last episode, Ralph was at the police station reporting a murder. He discovered a body that morning on his way to work. In today's episode, Ralph gets put in his place by his boss, Mr. Stratton. Stratton knows that Ralph should be treated as if he's innocent until he's proven guilty. But just the same, he feels concern about his company image. What will people think? He doesn't like the negative publicity that Ralph is bringing to his firm. It's not good to be in the news for this kind of thing. Well, we'll be getting to our story, but before we do, we have 25 new words to learn. Now, these words are all posted on Quizlet. So if you're a Chinese speaker, you could be learning these words with English, Chinese, flashcards and games at www.dramaticlistening.quizlet. That's Q-U-I-Z-L-E-T. So let's get started. Our first word is suppose. This is suppose when it's used in a phrase like I suppose or I suppose that. It means about the same as I guess or I expect. So this is what I think, but I don't know for sure. Xiang or Renwei in Chinese. Do you suppose I will ever be able to play the guitar as well as her? Suppose. Word number two, plastered all over. Now this is a phrase that you really should learn together. Plastered all over means spread everywhere. And if we're talking about information or news, then posted everywhere. So it might be plastered all over the internet 
it's posted on Facebook and uh, Weibo and uh, all the other social media sites. It's in the news. It's plastered all over. In Chinese, we could say Xuanyang or Chunkai. I was shocked to hear that my name had been plastered all over the wall at my schoolyard. The reason I said it's important to learn it as a phrase is if you just say plastered, then that can have the slang meaning of being really drunk. So just helping you be careful with your meaning, learn the whole phrase, plastered all over. Word number three is a two-word verb. Blown over. Blown over. Blown is a past participle, and that means we're probably going to be using it in the passive. So blow over would be the base verb, and something gets blown over when it is forgotten by the public. Things have calmed down. Nobody's talking about it anymore. It's subsided. In the literal sense, we could also say that something like a storm has blown over. It was a really bad storm, and it spent its fury, and it moved on. The wind carried it away. So, it blew over. But in the figurative sense, we can use it to talk about things like a scandal or something else that's very embarrassing. So, in Chinese, that would be or pingxi or wang. His affair with the singer had blown over. So he decided to run for president. Blown over. Word number four is another phrase, the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is considering someone innocent until they're proven guilty. So we use it with the word give. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to doubt that you did it. There's some suspicion here, but I don't think you did it. I think you're innocent. So I'll consider you innocent until we have proof that you're guilty. Wu zui tui ding, or gu jie shang xin. I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because we have a better suspect now. The benefit of the doubt. Word number five, assume. To assume something is to believe something is true without checking to make sure. Jia shi or jia ding in Chinese. We will arrive by 10 in the morning, assuming the weather stays nice. Assume. Word number six, indiscreet. Indiscreet. In means not, so not discreet. 
means not showing good judgment, revealing things that shouldn't be revealed. Qian Xinjong de, or Qing Shuai de. I'm in trouble now that you've been indiscreet in telling everyone what I did. Indiscreet. So that was bad judgment. You shouldn't have told everyone what I did. Word number seven, buried, buried deep down. Buried deep down means hidden from view. My tongue. All right, you should relax so that any memory you have buried deep down can come to the surface and we can face it together. Buried deep down. Going on now to the words for Act 1, Scene 3. I'm starting to number them at number 1 again. So number 1 is long distance. A long-distance phone call is a call to a distant place, and it's going to be charged at a much higher rate than a local phone call. Changtu or Changtu Dianhua. You have a long-distance call from Hawaii. Do you accept the charges? Long-distance. Word number two, fiancé. A fiancé is a man or a woman who has committed to marrying someone. So when it's a man, it's spelt with one E with an accent on it. So fiancé, F-I-A-N-C-E. And when it's a woman, it has two E's, F-I-A-N-C-E-E. -E. Okay, and one of them also has an accent on it. So here we're talking about a man, a man who has committed to marrying his girlfriend, but he's not married yet. Wei Hun Fu. Is she really going away this weekend with her fiance? I'm surprised. Fiance. Word number three, citizen. A citizen is a person who belongs to a country and has legal rights and duties to that country. Gongmin. So, as a citizen of the New World Order, you must report your parents to the police. Sounds like something from a utopian novel. A novel perhaps about the future that looks at a very uh, dismal world. Word number four, supposed to. So here we have suppose again, but if you're supposed, and it's followed by a verb, supposed to do something, then it means you should. Uh, you have some responsibility to do it. You were expected to do it. So in Chinese, we could say, Gai. Even though you do not agree with the choices, you're supposed to vote anyway. 
If this is a democratic country, you're supposed to vote. It's your responsibility. It's something you should do. Word number five, slumped. Slumped. The base verb is slump, but with an ed on the end, we can use it as an adjective. So slumped means having a drooping posture. You're not standing up straight or sitting up straight. You're leaning over and resting on something. Ikaude, slumped. After drinking the bottle of vodka, he was slumped at the table in the corner. Slumped. Word number six, mind your own business. This phrase means pay attention to your own affairs and not those of others. Don't be nosy. Or I don't need to remind you to mind your own business when it comes to listening to the office gossip. Okay, so don't do it. Don't listen to the gossip. Mind your own business. Word number seven, a phrase, could tell, could tell. I could tell means I'm able to see the difference. I'm able to see and differentiate. So I might see two people, maybe they're twins, but I could tell which was which. I could tell them apart. I knew which one was Sam and which one was Steve. I could tell. Kandachu or Kandachulai or Funbian. Are you okay? I could tell that you were not really paying attention in the meeting this morning. I could tell. Word number eight, sprawl. To sprawl is to spread out. Pujan. So we could talk about a city. The city is sprawled out into the county area. Sprawl. Word number nine, suppose. If you suppose something, now we're using the word suppose again as a verb. If you suppose something, you imagine a hypothetical situation. It's a possible situation, but it's only in your imagination. So we call it hypothetical. Imagine a hypothetical situation or a picture, an imaginary situation. Jashur. Suppose that all people with brown eyes couldn't study English, what would you do? Would you study anyway? Suppose. Word number 10, in the vicinity, in the vicinity, nearby, or in the neighborhood, Fujin. There's a bear in the vicinity, so be careful when going out walking. In the vicinity. Word number 11, 
To be at, to be at somebody, means to be criticizing them and lecturing them. Buhu. Perhaps a parent might、uh, give their son or daughter a hard time when they're learning something new, and the other parent might say, "He's trying his best. He doesn't need you to be at him all the time. You're not helping." To be at somebody. Word number twelve: to have someone on the carpet, to call someone into your office to scold him, to call someone in somewhere at least to scold him. Shunchur, or zima. He really had you on the carpet after you lost that big contract deal. Have someone on the carpet. So you're drilling them with questions, and it's a very uncomfortable situation. Word number thirteen: snide remarks. Snide remarks. This is an adjective plus a noun. So these are insults that are said about someone that you look down on. They're usually said in a very indirect way, not to the person, but you want them to hear. So behind their back, but you want them to hear the comment. Baby de peeping or lang chao rufeng. Don't make any snide remarks behind my back. Because I'll hear about them. Snide remarks. Word number fourteen. Episode. Episode is an incident, an occurrence. Something happened. Shijin. Have you got your keys? We don't need any more episodes like last week when you showed up at my house at one in the morning. Episode. Word number fifteen. Arrangements. Arrangements. Things that are done to prepare for a future event. Anpai, or buju. All the arrangements have been made for the wedding. Don't worry. It's all set. Arrangements. Word number sixteen, minister. A minister is a person who serves, so it is a word that we use for a Christian pastor, a servant of God. Musher, in Chinese, the minister closed the sermon with a prayer. Minister. Word number seventeen is a phrase. In the eye of the beholder. In the eye of the beholder.、Um, a beholder is a person who is the one who's looking, the one who sees. So, in the eye of that person, not me, but it's someone's subjective point of view. It's how they see things. Based on feelings or opinions rather than facts, so one's personal opinion or assessment of something. So 
We often say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So you may think she's beautiful, but I may not. So in Chinese, we could say 别人眼里有的, or 别人以为的, or 在别人的看法. I do not understand why she's dating him. He's not that good looking. I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Word number 18, another phrase, which is rather strange, to be in for suspicioning. Suspicioning isn't really a word. Uh, here they're using it as a noun. They've kind of made up this word. But to be in for something means we're about to experience something. So we're about to experience suspicion. We're about to experience being suspected by other people of doing something wrong. You can be in for other things too. You could be in for a big surprise. Um, 要收到不备的事情 Or you could be in for a big talking to. You could be in for a lecture. Somebody is going to uh, lecture you, tell you what you're doing wrong when you get home. Okay, you're in for a big talking to. So it's about to happen. 预料收到批评 so in our example sentence, I don't have the suspicioning because that's really not a word. But uh, our example sentence is, you are in for a big talking to by mom because you came home at three in the morning and she knows. Well, that's it for our keywords. So are you ready now? We're going to listen to act one and we'll listen to both scene two and scene three. This part of the play is six and a half minutes long. Let's listen. Come in. Miss Reimer. Mr. Stratton said for me to come in. Oh, yes, he's waiting for you. Mr. Westfield is here. Yes, Mr. Stratton. You're to go in. Is he upset? Well, what do you think? Uh, come in, Westfield. Come in, come in. Close your door. Yes, sir. Now, what sort of business have we here? It's been on the radio, television. And I suppose by tomorrow it'll be plastered all over the newspapers. I'm sorry, Mr. Stratton. What sort of image is this for a company like ours? Oh, I didn't mean to create any problems. Uh, what were you doing in the park at that hour, anyhow? Just walking. Walking? Now, Westfield, I want this thing to end right here. Do you understand? Yes, sir. The sooner it's blown over and forgotten, the better for you. Yes, sir. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Sir? I'm assuming, of course, that you're innocent. Oh, but I am. Because if it should come out that you... No, 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 Mr. Stratton, believe me, I'm innocent. Well, at best you were indiscreet. Huh? Why couldn't you take a bus to work as normal people do? I hope 
We've heard the end of it. Yes, sir. That's all. For now. Thank you, sir. Well, how'd it go? Oh, Miss Reimer. Is it possible that he believes I killed her? Oh, man, Stratton? Huh. Who knows what he believes? I still don't know what hit me. I was just walking along. Sure. And now? Now what? I don't know. Hmm. You know, I never noticed you before. I'm not a very noticeable person, I guess. I know we had a Ralph Westfield buried deep down there in research, but I never suspect you. I, I came up here sometimes to deliver something personally to Mr. Stratton. Yeah, that's what I mean. And you're really not a bad-looking guy, either. Oh, thank you, Miss Reimer. Yeah, why don't you call me Belle? Sylvia. I don't know if I should see you, Ralph. What are you talking about, Sylvia? Let me in. Ralph, what are we going to do? Everybody's talking about it. It's all you hear at the office. When my mother called me long distance, what's this about your fiancé? Ralph, why did you do it? Do what? Whatever it was. All I did was I discovered the body. All right. Why did you do that? But because, because you see a body with blood? Please. Oh, then what, what I'm trying to say is I did what a citizen is supposed to do. Sure. I had an obligation, a duty. Ralph. I had to do it. The law says that if you don't... I know all about that law. But there's another law, Ralph, the law of common sense and, and experience. Now, now, Sylvia, Sylvia, please listen to me. I was just walking to work. That's another stupid idea. And I saw this great-looking sports car, this Girardi 462... And I saw someone slumped over the wheels. Who? Somebody could have been asleep. Why didn't you just mind your own business? No, Sylvia, this person wasn't asleep. I could tell. How could you tell? There's a kind of sprawl, you know, to a dead body. I, 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 I just knew she was dead. All the more reason for you to keep walking. I thought of that. Then why didn't you do it? Because that could have been worse. How could anything... Suppose, after somebody else found the body... Suppose the cops started asking, asking around if anyone had been in the vicinity. Suppose someone had seen me, described me. It almost could have happened. I had a narrow escape. What are you saying? After I had a good look at her, I ran down the road. I hadn't got more than a hundred yards when I saw a police car. He was headed in her direction. So? He would have found her? Yes. And he would have remembered a man running down the road. If I hadn't stopped him, he would have taken a good look at me. It was seven in the morning in the park. Oh, if only you could have taken a bus to work like normal people, Ralph. He would have seen her dead in the car. He might have turned around and come after me. Then, then where would I be? I don't know, Ralph. Oh, Sylvia. It's been a very rough day for me. I'm... I'm sorry, Ralph. The cops have been at me. And then at the office, old man Stratton had me on the carpet. And everybody's asking questions, making snide remarks. I'm sorry, Ralph. You're the only person, and this is the only place in the world where I can expect to find some peace and, and some quiet. Yes, Ralph. This thing, this crazy episode, I, I, I just want to forget it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Please, Sylvia. All right. Do you want to go out to dinner? No. I might run into someone I know. Well, then I can prepare something here. All right. Besides, 
We should be talking about the arrangements. The arrangements? We set the date, didn't we? Oh, oh, yeah, well, certainly, yeah. Now, you have to decide if you want to go back and be married in your hometown church or whether to invite the minister to come here. It doesn't make any difference to me. Did you make up your mind? Well, Sylvia, what do you want to do about it? Sylvia? Ralph, I want you to tell me. I have to know. Did you kill her? Suspicion. Who in this world can be above suspicion? Not even Caesar's wife. Are we suspect because of what is in ourselves or because of what just happens to be in the eye of the beholder? We're in for a considerable amount of suspicioning when I return with Act Two. Now it's time for the walkthrough. Act 1, Scene 2. Ralph has just gotten called in to his boss's office. Mr. Stratton, his boss, is concerned about his company's image. He says, I suppose that by tomorrow this news will be plastered all over. It's going to be spread everywhere. Ta Renwei Yi Mingtian and he's worried about that. Why, by tomorrow, there won't be a place anywhere where someone hasn't heard that one of his staff could be a murderer. He tells Ralph that the sooner this incident is blown over, the better. Avoid publicity. So Mr. Stratton wants this to blow over fast. He wants it to be forgotten about by the public. He wants people to stop talking about it. He wants things to calm down. And for that to happen, Ralph needs to stay out of the limelight, uh, stay off the news as much as he can. So basically, that's what he's telling Ralph to do. He also tells Ralph that he's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He, in other words, is saying, I'm considering you innocent until you're proven guilty. He knows that he should. I mean, Ralph hasn't been proven guilty of any crime. Ralph wonders what Mr. Stratton means by this. He says, Sir? And just the way he says, Sir, means he wants an explanation. So his boss does explain. He says, I'm assuming, of course, that you're innocent. I'm believing that this is true. I'm assuming it. I haven't checked into it, but I'll believe that you are innocent. 
jia shi or jia ding. Okay, so it's a hypothetical. I haven't checked it out yet. But I'll act as if you are innocent. I'll, you know, I'll still let you work here. I'm not going to fire you or anything like that. So I'll assume you're innocent. But, you know, Ralph wasn't a suspect. He went to the police as a witness. He went to tell them that he found a body. And that doesn't make him a suspect. So we can see from this, we can see from Mr. Stratton bringing this up in this way, that there is a little bit of suspicion starting to creep into Mr. Stratton's mind. He really hates the negative publicity that Ralph has brought to his company. So he has to blame Ralph for something. And he blames Ralph for being indiscreet. At best, you were indiscreet. Might be worse. Maybe you're actually a murderer. But you at least made this mistake. You were indiscreet. Qin Shenzhong de, or Qing Shui de. You didn't have good judgment. You revealed things that shouldn't have been revealed. But this is ridiculous. Since when is deciding to walk instead of driving or taking a bus poor judgment? I mean, up until now, it was a good idea, right? It was healthy. What else did Ralph do? Oh, yes, he reported that he found a body to the police. But that's exactly what you're supposed to do when you find a body. Mr. Stratton's grumpy dissatisfaction with Ralph puts some pressure on Ralph to make the situation go away. But Ralph really doesn't have control of this. When he steps out of the boss's office, the boss's secretary, Miss Reimer, takes an interest in him. She hasn't noticed Ralph before. She says, I knew there was a Ralph Westfield buried deep down in research. And Ralph says, yeah, I'm, I'm not a very noticeable guy. I'm pretty ordinary. You know, he's never in the limelight. He's not like a movie star up on stage with lights focused on him. And he's not a public figure. He feels like a nobody. But now he's suddenly interesting to Miss Reimer. She says, I'd never suspect you. But she means before, not now. Now she thinks he just might be a killer. And that makes him interesting. On to Act 1, Scene 3. Ralph is no longer at the office. He's come home to Sylvia, his fiancée. Sylvia, the girl that Ralph is going to marry, meets him at the door when he arrives home. But she's blocking the door. She's upset because her mother saw Ralph on the news. He must have been reported as the guy who found the body. As soon as she saw it, she phoned her daughter. 
So Sylvia got this long-distance call, which back in the 1940s, people tried not to make too many long-distance calls. That was too expensive for Chengtu Dianhua, Taigui. Her mother phoned her and asked her, What's this about your fiancé? That man that you're going to marry, Wei Hunfu. So Sylvia asks Ralph, Why'd you do it? She doesn't mean, Why'd you kill her? She means, Why did you get involved? Why did you report the body? She's being just like Ralph's boss. She doesn't like the negative publicity either. Ralph explains, I'm a citizen of this country. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what any citizen is supposed to do when they find a body. So I have responsibilities. This is what I'm supposed to do as a citizen. Ralph explains how it happened. He was just walking to work. Sylvia calls that a stupid idea. You know, until now, it was a good idea. It was good exercise for someone who had a sedentary job, like Ralph, a job where you're sitting all day. Anyway, in the park, he saw a sports car, and someone was in it. Someone was slumped over the steering wheel. Their posture was leaning forward on the steering wheel. Sylvia interrupts and says, maybe she was just sleeping. You should just mind your own business. Pay attention to your own affairs. Get yourself to work and don't worry about anything else. Ralph says he could see, he could tell that she wasn't sleeping. How could he tell? He says, there's a kind of sprawl to a dead body. A dead body doesn't look the same as one that's asleep. Sylvia still thinks Ralph shouldn't have gotten involved. So Ralph describes what could have happened if he didn't report it. He says, suppose someone else found the body. Suppose, Joshua, just imagine this hypothetical situation. He says the police would ask if they'd seen anyone in the vicinity. Was there anyone nearby, Fujin? He says, someone might have seen me and described me. And then where would I be? I'd be a suspect for sure. Ralph just wants Sylvia to understand him, to see what a rough day he's had and be someone he can feel safe with. He says, the cops have been at me. To be at someone means to be criticizing and lecturing them. And he says, my boss had me on the carpet. He called me into his office and he scolded me. 
And everyone, everyone has their snide remarks. They're insulting me behind my back. He just wants to forget this crazy episode, the whole thing. He wants to be safe at home. He wants to forget that crazy episode, that whole shurjin, that incident. So he tries to change the topic. He starts to talk about their wedding arrangements, you know, setting the date, deciding where to get married. Arrangements are done ahead of time. And pie. Have they invited a minister to come and marry them? A minister is a Christian pastor. Musher. Ralph was smart to pick this topic to interest Sylvia, but it didn't work. He probably expected her to perk up and really get into talking about their wedding plans, but she doesn't. There's a big question in her mind, something she has to know first. So she asks, Ralph, did you kill her? Sylvia, like everyone else, suspects Ralph of committing murder. The show host cuts in here and asks, who is above suspicion? Who is so good that no one would ever suspect them of doing anything wrong? Basically, no one. None of us are that good. Not even Caesar's wife. Caesar was a Roman leader and there was another man who tried to seduce his wife. He tried to get into the same building where she was so that he could have an affair with her. The man was not proven guilty. Caesar had no evidence to help convict him when they took him to court. But in Caesar's own heart and mind, he still suspected it was true. He suspected his wife of having an affair with this other man. So he divorced her. And he said, my wife should be above suspicion. Suspicion wasn't a good enough reason to convict the man in court, but it was a good enough reason for, for Caesar to get a divorce. So we're all capable of being held suspect. The show host takes it a step further and asks why? Why do we suspect others of doing wrong? Is it because of what is in ourselves? We're not pure and innocent. We're all capable of doing something wrong. Or is it because of what is in the eye of the beholder? So the person who's doing the judging, the person who suspects is the beholder and their subjective point of view in the eye of the beholder, you'll remember, is Zaibir and Akanfa. In other words, is suspicion based on truth or opinion? Is it based on objective facts or 
just subjective opinion. The host warns us that we're in for a lot more suspicioning. Coming up in the play, there will be a lot more people suspecting Ralph. Ta yuliala Ralph hayao shodao huai gang The suspicion is going to grow. It's going to get worse for Ralph. Well, that's it for our walkthrough. Let's listen again to Act 1, Scenes 2 and 3 of You're Better Off Guilty. Mr. Stratton said for me to come in. Oh, yes, he's waiting for you. Mr. Westfield is here. Yes, Mr. Stratton. You're to go in. Is he upset? Well, what do you think? Uh, come in, Westfield. Come in, come in. Close the door. Yes, sir. Now, what sort of business have we here? It's been on the radio, television. And I suppose by tomorrow it'll be plastered all over the newspapers. I'm sorry, Mr. Stratton. What sort of image is this for a company like ours? Oh, I didn't mean to create any problems. Uh, what were you doing in the park at that hour, anyhow? Just walking. Walking? Now, Westfield, I want this thing to end right here. Do you understand? Yes, sir. The sooner it's blown over and forgotten, the better for you. Yes, sir. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Sir? I'm assuming, of course, that you're innocent. Oh, but I am. Because if it should come out that you... No, 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 Mr. Stratton, believe me, I'm innocent. Well, at best you were indiscreet. Why couldn't you take a bus to work as normal people do? I hope we've heard the end of it. Yes, sir. That's all for now. Thank you, sir. Well, how'd it go? Oh, Miss Reimer... Is it possible that he believes I killed her? Oh, man, Stratton? Huh. Who knows what he believes? I still don't know what hit me. I was just walking along. Sure. And now? Now what? I don't know. Hmm. You know, I've never noticed you before. I'm not a very noticeable person, I guess. I oh, know yeah, we had a Ralph Westfield buried deep down there in research, but I'd never suspect you. I, I came up here sometimes to deliver something personally to Mr. Stratton. Yeah, that's what I mean. And you're really not a bad-looking guy, either. Oh, thank you, Miss Reimer. Yeah, why don't you call me Belle? Sylvia. I don't know if I should see you, Ralph. What are you talking about, Sylvia? Let me in. Ralph, what are we going to do? Everybody's talking about it. It's all you hear at the office. When my mother called me long distance, what's this about your fiancé? Ralph, why did you do it? Do what? Whatever it was. All I did was I discovered the body. All right. Why did you do that? But because, because you see a body with blood? Please. Oh, no, no, what, what I'm trying to say is I did what a citizen's supposed to do. Sure. I had an obligation, a duty. Ralph. I had to do it. The law says that if you don't... I know all about that law. But there's another law, Ralph, the law of common sense and, and experience. Now, now, Sylvia, Sylvia, please listen to me. 
I was just walking to work. That's another stupid idea. And I saw this great-looking sports car, this Girardi 462, and I saw someone slumped over the wheels. Who? Somebody could have been asleep. Why didn't you just mind your own business? No, Sylvia, this person wasn't asleep. I could tell. How could you tell? There's a kind of sprawl, you know, to a dead body. I, 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 I just knew she was dead. All the more reason for you to keep working. I thought of that. Then why didn't you do it? Because that could have been worse. How could anything... Suppose, after somebody else found the body, suppose the cops started asking, asking around. If anyone had been in the vicinity, suppose someone had seen me, described me. It almost could have happened. I had a narrow escape. What are you saying? After I had a good look at her, I ran down the road. I hadn't got more than a hundred yards when I saw a police car. He was headed in her direction. So? He would have found her? Yes. And he would have remembered a man running down the road. If I hadn't stopped him, he would have taken a good look at me. It was seven in the morning in the park. Oh, if only you could have taken a bus to work like normal people, Ralph. He would have seen her dead in the car. He might have turned around and come after me. Then, then where would I be? I don't know, Ralph. Oh, Sylvia. It's been a very rough day for me. I'm... I'm sorry, Ralph. The cops have been at me. And then at the office, old man Stratton had me on the carpet. And everybody's asking questions, making snide remarks. I'm sorry, Ralph. You're the only person, and this is the only place in the world where I can expect to find some peace and, and some quiet. Yes, Ralph. This thing, this crazy episode, I, I, I just want to forget it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Please, Sylvia. All right. Do you want to go out to dinner? No. I might run into someone I know. Well, then I can prepare something here. All right. Besides, we should be talking about the arrangements. The arrangements? We set the date, didn't we? Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, certainly, yeah. Now, you have to decide if you want to go back and be married in your hometown church or whether to invite the minister to come here. It doesn't make any difference to me. Did you make up your mind? Well... Sylvia, what do you want to do about it? Sylvia? Ralph, I want you to tell me. I have to know. Did you kill her? Suspicion. Who in this world can be above suspicion? Not even Caesar's wife. Are we suspect because of what is in ourselves or because of what just happens to be in the eye of the beholder? We're in for a considerable amount of suspicioning when I return with Act Two. Poor Ralph. There he is in his boss's office, unable to stick up for himself. He doesn't try to defend himself at all. He just kowtows to what his boss demands. He says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did you know kowtow is a word we've borrowed from Chinese? In Chinese, it's koto or kuto. 
It's a traditional Chinese way of greeting your superior. You'd have to kneel down and press your forehead to the ground. That's kind of what Ralph is doing with his boss. Do you think this was the best way for Ralph to handle this situation? Please leave a comment or even a question below my show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com slash DL070 or on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash dramaticlistening. If you're enjoying this story, please help me share it with your friends. You can use the social icons on my blog, or you could share it from my Facebook page. Help your friends get started now while we're still relatively near the beginning of the play. And remember, all of these words are on Quizlet. So if you're a Chinese speaker, you could be learning these words with English, Chinese, flashcards, and games at www.dramaticlistening.com slash Quizlet. And if you'd like a bonus PDF that has all the keywords and a transcript of the radio play, you should listen to Dramatic Listening on the Podcast Source app. You can get this app on the Apple App Store, Google Play, the Amazon App Store, and on the Windows App Store. Once you have the app, you can download the bonus PDF. And have you listened to Dramatic Listening on Stitcher yet? Stitcher is radio on demand. Stitcher streams the broadcast, which means you do have to stay connected while you listen, but you won't have to waste time downloading files, and you won't have to use up memory on your smartphone. You'll find a link to Stitcher in my show notes at DramaticListening.com Well, folks, that is it for this episode. Thanks for joining me again this week. And it's bye for now, but I'll see you again in two weeks.